Are those crows? Is that an eagle? Is that a bald eagle, Gooch? How's the suburbs? Oh, they're so they're so pleasant and <laughs> and uh, bucolic and lyrical. Bucolic, bucolic, bucolic. You say it yeah. like like you'd say Bukowski. It's as bucolic yeah. as Bukowski out here. Yeah, yeah. We 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 run into each other down at the buffet. <laughs> You ever go to the buffet, John? John. Now, now with Bukowski. Oh, no, you're, we're already talking seen, in these voices. I've seen you and Bukowski down at the buffet. <laughs> you and Bukowski down at the buffet. <laughs> it's uh, me and Julio down at the schoolyard. I, yes, I, 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 yes. <laughs> I couldn't tell. Because your earphones are so much better than my microphone that I don't know if if my musical references. Pick up, the, or if it if it's if it sifts them out. Oh, it's a it's a poor carpenter indeed who blames his tools, Ed. <laughs> no, good I morning. I, good I to understood. Talk to you. It's good to talk to you too. How yeah. it's been like a month since we've done this. Me it? and Bukowski down at the buffet. <laughs> <laughs> Almost went to the buffet yesterday. Which one? Hometown buffet. Yeah. But I, it didn't look like it was there. It was the the rear entrance to uh, a mallet. <laughs> there's the main mall of Vancouver, and then there seems to be an auxiliary mall nearby mm-hmm. that looks a bit like a fortress. It looks like you're always. I can't really figure out what the entrance is. Yeah, it's like you're always. It's just all loading loading docks. Uh, yeah. Presumably, there's a hometown we, buffet and a Target and a Barnes and Noble in there, but no man has seen them. We uh, we like to think that that is, that uh, identifying the entrance to a building is a solved architectural problem. You know mm-hmm. that that's not something you're going to get wrong anymore. Yeah, but it, it gets wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, so tell me about the buffet. Oh, I didn't didn't make it because it looked like it wasn't. Oh, you've never really gone. Going, going to be. I've never been to that mall, that 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 uh, that buffet. Well, you but don't want to start thinking you. that that's your hometown, frankly. No, I don't. You're going to move I into don't. the city, which which is going to be destroyed by a tsunami very soon. Well, it's not going to be destroyed by a tsunami. The that's that uh, New York typical. Non-classy New Yorker lies. <laughs> uh, Whoever wrote that was was a fool, and they're stupid. I don't care for people like that. We're of course referring to this uh, piece in the New Yorker by Catherine Schultz, the fool who thinks that um, that Ed's Ed's portion of America is going to be inundated by a uh, a tsunami, and you're all and yeah, well, going to die. I it, mean, it uh, is it is going to happen someday. No, it's not going to be a tsunami. I mean, there, there'll be an earthquake. <laughs> okay. Uh, I've already had a town destroyed by a hurricane and a flood, so I'm yeah, not that right? impressed. <laughs> Show me something I haven't seen. Maybe you're being followed <laughs> by natural phenomena. Um, well, I have been followed by 
uh, quite clear articles that run a year or two in advance of the thing happening. There was a, a very clear analysis of what would happen in, in such a hurricane and flood in, in New Orleans uh, about a year and a half before before Katrina. Um, well, this is this is not news to anybody out here. We we know we're, we're, there's there's freaking volcanoes everywhere, John. Yeah, you look out your window, you see a volcano. You think maybe, maybe, maybe this might not turn out as well as as we hoped. You know. Yeah, I can look out my window and see Mount St. Helens or what's left of it. You know. So, I think uh, you sure there'll be a. Nobody, everybody knows it's earthquake country. And we don't get rocked with the, the regular little three and four earthquakes, three point four point earthquakes that Southern California gets or Oklahoma gets. Um, those earthquake hogs down in Oklahoma. <laughs> See, um, that's because that's a fault. The article says that's a fault that knows how to relax. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's, put it's on a, some doesn't stay in a state of uh, constant tension. They're all parrot heads down there. Yeah. Even <laughs> they the, cut even, off shorts, their flip-flops, and their Hawaiian shirts. Even the very they're ground just, they stand they're just on. Riding, riding the prairie down there. But up, up where you guys are, you don't know how to, you don't know how to cut loose a little bit. You know, you know, you gotta let out, of, let out some three and fours every now and then, and uh, you're not going to get a tsunami. But that's not the way. Rough. That's not the way the yeah, fault is right. playing it. Right. Although uh, the whole fault, uh, whole faults don't have nine-point earthquakes at every point along their five hundred-mile run. Right. Yeah. I mean, earthquakes have epicenters, and then the shocks. Even though it, you know, the whole faults, you know, connected to it and responds to it, it's not. Uh, uh, there's a center to it, and then the, this this wave action that focuses from there. So. If if it if it happens to the epicenter is farther north, Seattle, Vancouver get a little worse than we do. It's down here we get a little bit of worse, but it's not uniform across the Pacific Northwest the way that that essay might suggest. Right. Um, also, we have volcanoes. Yeah. So several people have pointed out that a lot of the Southern California doesn't have volcanoes. Um, you say the, that uh, with a bit of a bit of pride in your voice. And they got some mountains that you know. They got a lot. They got movie stars, but they ain't got volcanoes. Right? They got grunge music. They got a thriving food cart culture, and they got volcanoes. Uh, that seems. Maybe that takes some of the pressure off of it. I think that person uh, that is makes gonna... it worse, or we get earthquakes and tsunamis and volcanic eruptions. Um, but also, the uh, Seattle and, and Portland. Uh, to some degree, Vancouver, BC are inland, hundreds of miles. And she points out that even Sacramento could get, but the, the tsunami and tsunamis do, you know, wash inland. But it really has to. Uh, the waves have to be just right, you know. Yeah. Like if if, if the uh, if the earthquake, you know, two hundred miles off the coast, if the epicenter is is more or less right at the, uh, you know, puts the water right in the mouth of, of the Columbia. It washes up, you know, we get a lot of water in the Columbia River and the Willamette. Portland gets some. But really most of that wave action, most of that wave energy is, is it dissipates when it hits land, right? It's not just the volume of water, it's the wave energy. Okay. Right? There's a difference between waves and 
and water, right? Tsunami is not just a bunch of water being displaced. It's, it's energy being displaced. Okay. So that the land can absorb the energy without necessarily having to absorb all the water. The, so the, I'm saying I'm saying that the tiny body is still a good investment. I'm still the, saying that, that it's still a good idea for us to buy a house in Portland. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I I don't know. <laughs> the, and and let the tiny Hopefully bodies of school children absorb the wave energy over on yeah, the coast. Yeah, we're going to homeschool uh, ourselves <laughs> and Oscar. Wait a minute. Wait a house. minute. Are you really going <laughs> to homeschool gonna Oscar? We're going to earthquake-proof the house and never leave it. You're not going to homeschool Oscar. <laughs> oh, no, my God. Oh, my goodness, no. Oh, no, oh, no. No, no my friend. No, my friend. <laughs> I was trying to say earlier, but you were in, your, in the middle of your, um, uh, of your lecture uh, about, why, about why you've made a good life choice. Scoop uh, but <laughs> you're scoop-splaining to me that you're in danger of, that, uh, of, the, of the mobster voice just subsuming your entire you're going to start writing poems in that voice i think you got a problem with that no i, I don't i'm delighted by the prospect Cer certain of our certain of our uh our young listeners <laughs> younger listeners will be very upset to see That's precisely why that we're going That's all what... all jersey all the time from here on in <laughs> uh -huh. jersey all the time 1999 <laughs> Uh, so did you t did you take the quiz that I sent you? I got eighteen. Eighteen. They said it's right there. Yeah, um, right there in the middle. Obviously, it's very silly, and but I, I'm I've been I've been rethinking it. Okay, so I got I'm talking about here this this Time Magazine quiz called the Narcissistic Personality Inventory, and it's it's forty questions. And a lot of them, it's initially very frustrating to take for me because they're not binaries. Um, for instance, here's number five. A, you just pick one of each of these pairs. A, the thought of ruling the world frightens the hell out of me. B, yeah. if I rule the world, it would be a better place. So, uh, well, I, you know, I picked, I picked A. Wait, that's a, actually a bad one because that actually makes sense. The, um, okay, yeah, I can usually talk my way out of anything versus I try to accept the consequences of my behavior. I actually think that I can talk my way out of almost anything, but I also try to accept the consequences of my behavior. Right? Like it's one thing to to think, right, right, that I'm something special, but it's another thing to go around treating the world as though I deserve to be treated like something special. Do you, you see the difference? But then I thought, maybe that tension, maybe the non-binariness of the questions is is part of the... Maybe I'm being tricked into admitting that I'm a narcissist, because I got a 21. Oh, it's tricky. It's because after... after uh, I thought it was a dumb quiz, but now I'm thinking about it's 15, not so After about dumb. 15 questions, it starts rephrasing it, right? Yeah. Right, it starts. Uh, um, it's not. It's not. What was it forty questions? Thirty questions? Yeah. It's not. It's just one topic over and over again. Yeah. Right. It's one question rephrased slightly differently, with you know, with a few permutations. So it's either tricking you into saying something or making you commit to it, maybe, or changing the terms a little bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, the main question is: Do you think you're hot shit? Yeah. Do your shit stink? Yes or no? Well, that's my my one question 
narcissist personality inventory well, test. Well, I, I actually was... Do your shit stink, circle one, yes <laughs> or no. You believe it or not, and actually I think you will believe this, uh, our friend Brian Hall was over here yesterday, and we got talking to him about this quiz. And he said, well, he had read that the, there is a one-question narcissist test that's actually a very good indicator of whether someone is a narcissist. And the question is, are you a narcissist? And the answer, yes, correlates strongly with people actually being one. But, the, but you know, I think this, I feel like it's more of a test of self-regard. And is that the same thing as narcissism? Like, I, I think I'm fairly hot shit, but I don't expect anyone to agree with that. Like, I don't go around right. thinking that I deserve recognition. You know, I try to get it if I think I deserve it. But if I don't get it, I don't care. Well, I thought when I was taking it, like, is this, uh, what's, what's the difference between me answering these questions without, uh, in what context am I, am, I answer, am I supposed to answer these questions? Am I supposed to answer these questions with some sense of my, of, what I do professionally as a hobby and do I do those things well, or is it more of a context of, you know, this, 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 it, I had trouble figuring out what, how to, I, I can figure out how to answer it. Yeah. You know? And I, the, I, I started to wonder if that confusion, if you're, if you're, a, if your desire to try to understand the context of it and failing is part of its design. We're going to try to manipulate it. Yeah. And they tell you, they tell you at the beginning, don't leave any pairs blank. Try to complete the survey in just a few minutes. So they don't want you to think too hard, but they're already preparing you for the possibility <laughs> that you don't want to think too hard. One of my favorites was, 29, I A, I like to look at myself in the mirror. B, mm. I'm not particularly interested in looking at myself in the mirror. Now, I picked A. Because I like to look at myself in the mirror. It's not I'm that... For a strong, a strong B. Yeah, see... I don't think I'm especially beautiful, but I like examining my weird face. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I and for me, for me, B seems like more evidence of my narcissism because if I really <laughs> take a look at, at myself in the mirror, not to admire it, but to really assess myself, then you know a lot of stuff would fall apart. A lot of my, <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of my narcissism would fall apart if I took a good long look at myself. Does <laughs> mirror mean to admire? To look into a mirror does it mean to admire? Or right. does to look into a mirror mean to honestly appraise yourself? Right, 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 right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and that's why I chose, A, it is not to admire, but to examine, which of course yeah. is presumably what you and I like to think we do for a living, which is to examine the, ourselves and the people around us in using literature. I have I have a secondary quiz for you. All right. Oh, uh, of my own design. <laughs> it's a two question quiz. All right. Um, what do you think? What score do you think Alice Bolin received on this test? And what score do you think Rian Ellis, my wife, received on this test? That's the quiz. Well. I'll need to see all of Alice's transcripts. <laughs> Alice's <laughs> living transcript. Uh, I, 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 
I imagine that, that Alice scored very high, although I don't think she's a narcissist. And I think that your wife scored very low. That, that you're definitely correct. Yeah. So uh, 100% for Alice <laughs> and 10% for Brian. Uh, the grapevine, to, Alice did not tell me. I'm, he- I'm hearing through the grapevine Alice got a 25 and uh-huh. uh, <laughs> Rian got a 3. Yeah. This test was not made for us. No, I don't think so. I have so. to say. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. Although Alice does have strong self-regard, I think, and Rian does not have great self-regard, but that does not make one a narcissist and one not a narcissist. If I, I were to I take this test for them, <laughs> which is, are these excellent people? Sure. In every way, I would give them the highest, the highest rating. There you go. There you go. In which they are both this extraordinarily excellent in everything they do and, and appropriately <laughs> humble. <laughs> I would say I would say that oh, yeah. uh, I think you can take the test for others though. I think Rian's a little too humble. I think she should own, <laughs> own her excellence a little bit better, but that's uh that's me. Anyway, this some is surprisingly some of fun. Cultural some of that some of that lingering uh uh UKness, some of that Welsh. Yeah. I think. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Straight down from mom. I think that stuff does not get people. It doesn't get um, diluted by uh, doesn't get diluted by as the generations go on. That that Welsh uh, self disgust stays stays in your system for generations. Mother love doesn't dilute cultural expectations. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I I'm just gonna let that leave that out there. I don't know. I know that in my my experience, it was my my mother who, uh, you know, who I think really enforced cultural expectations more than my dad. Like my dad was there, you know, to say like, "Don't be like this, don't be like that," but uh, you know, more of of uh, of the times of of her youth, especially as regard race and 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 class, mm-hmm. were. We're we're uh, uh, we're transmitted and judged through through that parent more, and I found that to be uh, often the case. Mm-hmm. Love mothers. <laughs> we're we're not saying we don't we don't love yeah. mothers here, but it was my mother who was the one who said, you know, don't play with those kids. They're black. Don't play with those kids. They're Mexican. You know, don't play with those kids. They're poor. She's dead now, so she can't you <laughs> yeah, know, respond. She's dead, you and know. you're poor. I'm not denouncing her. I'm just saying that that, that seems to be, uh, <laughs> you know, she was doing what, uh, you know, what what what's what what seemed to be expected of her. I think. I don't know if it yeah. reflected any particular feelings on her part about race and class. I think well, it was uh, just uh, it was mother love. I'm I'm actually, I guess your parents are older than mine. Um, but uh, so when I say our parents' generation, I'm I'm using very broad, different generations. Broad, broad brush to paint that. But my parents are essentially Victorians. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, seriously. Yeah. Well, what year were they born? Uh, Nineteen twenty-nine. So they were and both raised grew by, up in kind of old-timey yeah. families. Uh huh. Um. I was kind of surprised at my own 
parents' w- willingness to entertain new ways of seeing uh, race, class, gender, that kind of thing. I remember before uh, Obama was elected, my my mother was uh, not on board. Um, was was you know concerned about the possibility of uh, I think of of black people having power in America, and she totally uh, changed her tune. And uh, came around and and loved the guy. And uh, same thing with, uh, you know, I think all of us, myself included when I was younger, were uh, uneasy about about uh, gayness, about homosexuality. Well, yeah. and, Didn't uh, think we were. No, no. But, no, I thought it was progressive. Uh, but, uh, you know, and then flash forward to last summer where I am officiating a, a gay wedding. It's like I, you know, I feel like everyone's ability to pivot on these issues of extraordinary importance is actually kind of uh, it makes me feel a little bit optimistic about other human beings, which is not a common uh, yeah. feeling, right? No, people can pivot back. <laughs> they, they can, they can, and people they do. Can pivot back. They can, and um, but they won't. Our our people won't. Every every step forward is is cemented. Yeah, I had uh, my I had a lot of family who I think were or acquaintances who back in Kansas who didn't like Obama because he was black, even though he's a Kansan, which <laughs> helps. It helps that his his grandparents are Kansans. Um, but then just over time, they began just to hate him the way they hated any Democrat, regardless <laughs> of color. <laughs> truly colorblind yeah. at last. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what a good what a good few weeks. Well, I mean, there's been a lot of darkness the last few months, but uh, Obama's looking good. Yeah, it's it's uh, one one minor miracle after another. Yeah, enough about that. So the uh, so we got the uh, buffets covered. Narcissism. Yeah, uh, still still yet to fully tackle. I've known a few people who who I think they're. Clinicians would say are pharmacists are are, are narcissists. <laughs> Go down to the narcissy and pick up a few. Uh... I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hospital narcissist. I'm a more of an AIDS narcissist. Uh, God. I'm thinking of categories of pharmacists. Yes, right? I got it. I got. It. <laughs> Uh, something it you, weird you when probably I said it. it did, but I I know where yeah. you're coming from. <laughs> right. Yeah, I I, th- I think you probably know more about pharmacists than the average poet. I know I know some I know me some pharmacists, and I know that we have some pharmacist listeners. Yeah. So and before we go any further, hats <laughs> off to pharmacists. <laughs> Very good. Um, yeah, I know some people who who I'm sure I'm sure are clinically narcissistic, and it's a. Uh, um, uh, scary, yeah, and 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 villainous, yeah, and, and destructive. I mean, I, I know I've I've seen people's lives really ruined by the narcissists in their in their in their lives. Me too. And maybe maybe <laughs> maybe I'm one. I don't know. <laughs> The Meanwhile, test was the test was I was I managed to game the test. So <laughs> Meanwhile, uh uh the pharmacists in our lives bring us nothing but good things. 
everything everything better. Yeah. Here's the extent people often think because my wife's a pharmacist that you know the, the first joke is always you know can we get something you know some dilated or something right but uh, the, the pharmacists it's, it's the most trusted profession John oh they don't they don't work like that doctors skeevy but pharmacists <laughs> trustworthy um, so the extent of of having a pharmacist in my in my house. The real effect of it is that every time I, I now like go for an ibuprofen or an acetamin, acetaminophen, yeah, I, I ask how many of these can I take? <laughs> that's 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 the that's the degree to which it's affected our lives. Also, had somebody a, I, has somebody has a job that pays that that's affecting too. But I, mostly, I it's it's to... like wait, how, how many uh, can I take? Two of these? <laughs> it just is, at least, is this the one I just take one of? What is the two? Isn't two or three always the answer, though? You can take. You can take you can two take ibuprofen, not three. Six hundred milligrams of ibuprofen. All right. Which, which is three of the two hundred ones I have. Uh, I yeah. I went through a period of taking too many ibuprofen once, and I was having there were ill effects. I I but there's your stomach right. Uh, it was a, a, a mild nausea and lightheadedness is what yeah. is what happened. I was it was when I was it was my first uh, I had gotten my first laptop which was a like a four inch thick Toshiba thing with a tiny screen with a huge bezel around the edge on which I was typing the text of my third novel uh, from the TypeScript. I had, uh-huh. I had to, the first. This is, that's the on, one that on I, the night plane. Yeah, on the night plane, and um, it was just a highly unergonomic machine, uh, and I was, I was, I was creeping toward a repetitive stress injury, and uh, started started popping ibuprofen and took too yeah. many of them, and and actually began to get sick. And then I ended up stopping cold turkey, and then I changed my position on the keyboard. But that was a kind of creepy time. Yeah, I remember feeling that when I took. I was. I had. uh, They gave me for something. They gave me Viox. Do you remember Viox? No, I don't. Viox was a. How many X's? How many X's? Two. Yeah. Yep. Both of them at the end. Yeah. (laughs) Viox was a very popular painkiller about 10 or 15 years ago. And they decided to determine that it was uh, giving people heart attacks. So they pulled that one off the market. Good but call. Uh, it, uh, it was a pretty good painkiller. I mean, it wasn't opioid. It didn't make you high. It just you know, it was like a aspirin type. But it uh, made me a little loosey-goosey. But yeah. I've, been taking, I've been popping the ibuprofen lately because I broke my tailbone. Oh, no. How? I thought I had the flu. Yeah, you said it was you had a the flu. What, what? Well, it wasn't it wasn't the flu. How, what? How did you confuse a broken tailbone with a flu? It it uh, sort of made everything a little wonky. Wow, below the equator. <laughs> okay, and I like thought your, it was di- your the digestion. Flu. I, I thought I had I thought I'd like yeah, yeah yeah, but uh, um then then uh, broken tailbone. So so how, what do you do to remedy that? I lean forward a lot like this, <laughs> or off to the side, over this. Your best-selling, back. your best-selling uh, tailbone recovery memoir. Lean forward. Yeah, that's right. It's a, uh, um, it's a. Uh, it's kind of always changing positions, and it takes me a long time to get up and sit down. 
because it's sort of adjusting. It's sort of you can feel it sort of swishing in there. It's yeah. disconnected. Kind of the muscles mo- moving around. It's it's, it's I've, I've uh, never been so aware that we used to have tails. Yeah, I can sort of feel now. I can feel <laughs> now where the tail was. <laughs> um, you know. I uh, ha- and I ha- feel cheated. I feel cheated. Evolutionarily cheated. Like to have a little tail. So not not only um, are you having uh, digestive issues and you got a you got a sore behind, but now you're wishing you had a tail. Yeah, not yeah. I have tail envy. <laughs> yeah. I look. I look at a. Uh, I look at a. Uh, I look at a monkey and I just start to cry. <laughs> Tail envy sounds like one of those illnesses that, like, Rian claims she's she has beard blindness. Yeah, um, she doesn't see is, beards. She doesn't see beards. Like she, or they make know, her go blind with rage. Yeah, she can't stand this fucking things. <laughs> no, is if uh, if a friend of ours grows a beard or shaves off his beard, uh, she won't even notice. Um, whereas there are people in town who still think I'm. I think uh, I, I believe still think I'm two people: the guy with the beard and the guy without the beard. Um, yeah, but Rand's beard blind, and you're tail envious. I'm tail envious. That does sound like an old hardcore band, though. Tail <laughs> envy. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, not to you. Not really. You remember seeing tail envy back at the <laughs> Kiwanis Hall? Oh yeah, they, if yeah, they would they would be playing at the Kiwanis Hall. They just played a couple of shows. Yeah, and they broke up. Yeah. They changed their name to Diarrhea Face. <laughs> they really they aired they erred too far in the other direction. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Guys, we're we're poised on a knife edge here. Which way are we going to take this? <laughs> Tail envy, uh, Diarrhea Face. They picked the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> they should have gone toward yeah. beard blindness and away from Diarrhea Face. Yeah, beard blindness. <laughs> that's okay. that's, a, that's would be a terrible it's more of an album title. Yeah, that's going to be my nickname for guys with beards from now on. Diarrhea face. A diarrhea face. <laughs> you got a little diarrhea on your face there. Oh, it's just no, it's just a beard. Oh, <laughs> just a beard. Oh yeah, I was mistaken. Sorry, thought it was diarrhea <laughs> on your face. <laughs> so I had a uh, classy talk. Classy yeah, talk. No kidding, man. The lunchbox guys. Did I literary, tell you uh... literary figures talking <laughs> literary stuff? Hey, congratulations on the acceptance of your most recent novel. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. By Grey Wolf Industries. Yeah. Um, Ghosts. Well, no. Maybe. Yeah, no, no, no one likes that except me. Different book? But no, same book. They, no one likes okay. that title. I like it. I got some alternates. I like it too, but it's oh, thank you. I I uh, I, I guess I'd forgotten that. Um, so it's us against the world. I think people in principle don't necessarily think it's a bad title, except that it's so generic. Too generic. Um, too generic. That yeah, you know, as my agent said, um, if you if you Google the word ghosts, you are not going to come up, and he's right about that. Um, but I got I got yeah. a couple of ideas. Um. Yeah. So yeah, I I am uh, uncharacteristically something to, do with that, something to do with the kiln with the 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 house back behind the house. What? Oh, Probably. the the title I've come up with 
that even I didn't like at first, but a little I warmed studio, up to. A little studio back there. That's the, something something to do with what goes okay, on well, back there. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, no spoilers. He's he's he works with glass and steel, and I was thinking of trying to fit that in fit glass into the title somehow. Like this, that that's some kind of metaphor for him, right? I see the glass knife. Yeah, the, <laughs> but in German, the glaser. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, so that's it. Perfect, <laughs> perfect. Um, uh, Adam uh, Adam Price, my band made and uh, writing friend, uh, son of read son of Vincent, son of Vincent, son of Vincent Price. brother of Al. Bev is my mama and Run is my pal. From it's the McDaniel's, uh, uh, prices, the not prices is right fortune. These rhymes yeah. are Daryl's. These burgers are Ronald's. You know that song. Do you know about Mac Sabbath? Mac Sabbath? Tell your story, then I'll tell you about Mac Sabbath. All right, all right. So he suggested that um, when he re- when he reads his wife's novels, there will be a veiled reference to him. There'll be a character who's essentially him in her novel in progress and that there will be a line in the novel in progress that ref- that is refers to him that is the title yeah. of the book which i think is a clever solution the other thing i came up with is i wanted to rename the town the town is called edison just because it's the first thing that popped into my head um and i never really thought about the town needing a better name uh and i decided to rename the town broken river uh and rename the river that runs from their backyard to the town, Broken River. The Broken. Uh-huh. And then I started thinking maybe Broken River is a good title. It's a little, uh, it sounds like a, any any old thriller, but uh, I don't, I couldn't, I didn't find any other book with that title. And uh, I kind of like its metaphorical, uh, you know, echoes. What do you think? Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like All it right, anyway. Much. So thank you. Maybe we'll go with that. I I suggested to my editor. I like he's sure, but Yeah, my editor and I are actually locking horns, as it were, about the number of points of view. I like the many points of view. He would prefer well, fewer points of view. I think it's a lot of the the tension of the novel for the draft I read comes from um, from the point of view points of view shift. The tension between points of view. Yeah. Um, is the story as much as the plot? I would think that's kind of my position, but uh, like a regeneration type or a, uh, a number or many other fine novels that have multiple points of view, <laughs> many other fine novels, like many other fine novels. Yeah, well, one of us is gonna is gonna come around and uh, come to some yeah. decision about it. I think it's gonna be fine. Um, but uh, you were going to tell me about Mac Sabbath. This is I'm quoting from from Paste magazine. Okay. It can be tough. It can be, and you can agree with this. It, it can be tough to navigate the dozens of subgenres of heavy metal. Agree. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Disagree. I I agree. Sure. Death metal, black metal, speed metal, power metal, doom metal. Uh, oh my God! I've just arrived at the article you're reading. Good God. Drive through metal ushered into the mainstream by Mac Sabbath, a Black Sabbath tribute band inspired by McDonald's. Wow. Described by their manager as a band of Monsanto mutants who refuse to reveal their identities <laughs> because they think they came here from a wormhole in space time direct from 1970. Mac Sabbath is fronted by <coughs> Ronald Osborne, a zombified <laughs> clown who looks 
Lucky takes his makeup from the Joker. Uh, with the mammoth tusk, Mayor McCheese, Slayer McCheese. Yeah. Uh, an evil-looking grimace, the old Grimalice. And a Hamburglar who look, who's called the Cat Burglar because he also looks like Peter Chris. Oh, very good. Very good. I was, I was thinking was for not a moment in, that's a terrible not in, name. Not in, not in Black Sabbath. No. Uh, He's barely not, in, very much barely not in Kiss, in for that matter. <laughs> I'm not, I don't know if I've ever heard Peter Chris's drumming. I don't know if he was actually, ever actually recorded on any of the Kiss albums. I think, I think that's true. The fictional character, Peter Chris. Yeah. Yeah. The the man uh, knew how to occupy a uh, a hydraulic uh, platform, though. Oh yeah, yeah. He could stay on that platform as it rose and <laughs> fell, like nobody else, or like most people would. <laughs> <laughs> about average, he got about eighteen on that. Max Sabbath. Uh, so you see the picture, you get the yeah. point. It's like a Francis Bacon portrait of Max Sabbath with some sides of beef. My favorite thing is that Mary McCheese has tusks. Those yeah. are very big tusks. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty if you, great. If, if, if you look at the, uh, the video, there's a number I've looked at a lot of the YouTube um, evidence of, of Mary McCheese. Uh, it's, it's pretty good. The Ronald McDonald has a kind of a cape, kind of an Aussie sort of cape. Yeah. Um, and he's a, good, he's a good showman. So how can uh, you explain what looks like... So, uh, flanking the flanking uh the cat burglar um yeah. are two they're they're like part octopus tentacle part angel wing part those are, uh, those frozen are just, sides of beef so, those are sides of beef yeah those are not in the band <laughs> <laughs> i think they refer to the the uh the you know that's where the hamburgers come from right it's reminding us <laughs> Okay. You know what? What's at the end of the naked lunch, right? It's when you that moment when you finally realize what's at the end of your fork. <laughs> Just remember, the sides of beef are not in the band. That's key. That's key. Yeah, yeah. But uh, they can shred. You can you watch it. You can see that the Grimalis, Grimalice, um, uh plays his. I think it's an SG pretty well. Yeah, pretty see. good. Pretty proficient at. Yeah. At uh, guitar playing, good. They they do they do well. They're uh, yeah, I put them in the. Uh, it may in fact be this, the members of Dread Zeppelin. <laughs> it do might you recall, be. Do you recall Dread Zeppelin? I do recall Dread Zeppelin. Yeah. Uh, who were you know a comedy bit, but just just as good at playing their instruments as Led Zeppelin. I, no, I think they had uh, a. I think they had a pretty good gimmick. I mean, they were solid. Dread Zeppelin. You could actually listen to them. You could listen to them. Yeah, I did. Pleasure, I, had, just... I had, I had, I had a Dread Zeppelin album. Yeah, I'm not surprised yeah. to hear that. Well, thank you. Well, fuck you too. <laughs> 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 um. So did um, I? I take that back, John. I, I don't like to swear at you. That's okay. I I've been I've Even been told just... that before and have and have just uh, it's like uh, yeah. water off a duck's back. My dad was it my dad? Somebody I know used to say that wrong, like, like a like a duck off a of water. I think, I think that I think it was my 
was it my father, my uncle, or somebody that, that I think that they had in their head the idea of a thing, a thing just sort of effortlessly gliding off a thing. They were maybe picturing a duck landing, you know, uh-huh. in a lake or taking off from a lake. The, the way they kind of glide in and slide across the water, like a duck off a of water. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, did I tell you I quit my book group? After how many years? Fifteen. Yeah, it was time. It it was like, but it had become, it had become like Jefferson Airplane that turned into Jefferson Starship that turned into Starship. Just, you're you're the Marty. Marty, yeah, yeah and all? Brian Hall was Grace Slick, and then, uh-huh. and then Brian left, uh-huh. and uh, the and I I just um, it was turning yeah the arguments in the group were turning kind of sour. People were annoyed with each other. There were people who were or there was a new member who I liked very people much. Take, who, take other sides were, on who 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 it, who had and who hadn't built the city. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was a, a lot of arguments about that. And then there was a there maybe I mentioned this maybe I mentioned this in the podcast before but there was a secret other book group. Okay, so all these people who over the years had quit our book group started another book group and it was uh mostly uh mostly the old old guys. They had started a a splinter book group and then it seemed made a point of having their meetings the same day and time as ours. So the people who were still in our book group, who were also in the Splinter group, would mysteriously not be able to make the meetings, our meetings, but they didn't admit why, and uh, it was very silly, um, and that kind of soured things. But he, but I realized I was in the kitchen this morning making coffee, and uh, reflecting a little bit on the fact that I'm not in a book group anymore, and I suddenly remembered what I think was the last straw, and it had... And I'm, I will allow you to interpret uh, what this means, if anything. But uh, the last time the book group was at my house, so we have we have a coffee maker next to the stove, and above the coffee maker there are six mugs hanging on hooks, and then above that is a little shelf with another ten mugs on it. So yeah. and. Because this family drinks a lot of tea and coffee, the four of us are making some kind of beverage all day. All Most four, people, all four drink hot drinks. Yeah, all four drink. All hot four drinks. of your hot drink drinkers. Yeah. Okay. Um, we go through all the mugs regularly, so they're all clean. However, behind, if you're facing the coffee maker, behind you are the 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 shelves with all the plates and dishes and and uh, drinking glasses, and those are all clean because we use those constantly. But then on the top shelf are teacups, you know, like pretty teacups on saucers and nice. some of them are kind of not ornate. for use. Yeah. So well, you know, they're they're fine to use. We don't we're not like uh protective of them because they're valuable. Right. If anything. the remaining if the remaining members of Queen drop by <laughs> that's what you would serve them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or, or the remaining right. members of the Queen herself or the right or the queens of the stone age stop by that's <laughs> what your tea service would be um <laughs> stopping in oh look okay. look oh and it's caius 
No, we're Queens to- of the Stone Age now. Toby would be pretty stoked <laughs> about Queens of the Stone Age dropping by. Um, so anyway, the, these these are perfectly fine to use, except we don't use them because yeah. they don't hold as much beverage as we like to drink. And um, as a result, and and we don't have like doors on our, I should get some, make some doors for the glass doors for uh-huh. the um, cabinets, but they're just open. So they're right. filthy. You're not, you're not pensioners yet, so. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? Pension. Well, that's who I picture using those teacups. Oh, all right, all right. Well, <laughs> yeah. When we reach the pensioner stage. Uh, Pension, pensioners in the council flats. I will say, though, I'm drinking out of a teacup today. It's this. And That's it's a big from, teacup. Look at it. It's, uh, it's from the Cafeteria Mejor, uh, my favorite little Cuban coffee shop in Brooklyn. Oh, that, nice. That uh, my Stole friend that. who introduced me to it. No, she bought it for me as a, as a gift. I heard they she, went out of business because... Because I don't live oh, in New York. One teacup shy. <laughs> So anyway, they're all. Yeah, if we just had one more teacup, we could stay in business. <laughs> oh, but we don't. We don't got it. Oh, we got to go out of business now. Oh, humanity. Uh, so our teacups are dirty. The, you know, they're all yeah. sticky and covered with dust and grease. And mm-hmm. we, I don't think about that because I don't use them. Spiders in them. Some spiders. Yeah, there's probably some spiders in there. And yeah. um, so. The last book group meeting, everyone filed into the kitchen to get snacks, and they reached for the coffee pot, and instead of taking one of the very clean mugs that were right before them, turned around, reached for the top shelf, and got a pretty teacup. And then everyone followed suit. And so when I went into the kitchen to get my own stuff, I... a a particularly tall person? Uh, maybe the instigator, the instigator was the tallest person in the group, actually. Yeah. That was it. And I was like, no, no, don't use those. And people were noticing how filthy they were. And they're like, suddenly, suddenly see them for what they are. And they were like, oh, and you know, we're not great (laughs) housekeepers. You know, I've, I've never pretended that we were, but I, you know, I did provide, I did provide clean and everyone, I think people were kind of freaked out by it. But more importantly, I was f- embarrassed. I remain embarrassed about my dirty teacups. And I, don't, I didn't, after that, I didn't want to see them anymore. I didn't want to see those people anymore. <laughs> see you, suckers. Oh, you God. wandered into a, a John Lennon novel. <laughs> you've, got, you've got what's coming to you. Right. That's right. <laughs> Oh dear, uh-huh. you you fell into a comedy of manners. <laughs> of of no manners is more like it. Yeah, comedy of no manners, tragedy of manners, <laughs> a tragedy of manners, <laughs> comedy of manners is tragedy of manners plus time for you to get the fuck out. <laughs> oh God, uh... I'm my own book group now. <laughs> with me and this lamp my new book gramp me and this lamp this chair this dog this I, are you gonna are you gonna get another dog well, if we get a house and the earthquake doesn't destroy it you get some sort of earthquake sensing dog <laughs> uh, yeah i'm eager to get another dog eager to get another dog how's the when, when are you planning on moving into the city well, we're looking we're looking for a house pretty earnestly, um, but I think it, you know still probably be a while before we actually get one. 
probably do some work to it. And it's July. You know, if we're in by Halloween, that'll be good. Oh, yeah. well, I'm getting into the city almost every every day, every other day. That's, uh, that's Jill's birthday, is it not? Yeah. Halloween is Jill's birthday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be a fine... Our 15th anniversary oh. is uh, uh, October 14th. 15 years, so I assume that that means that we'll... You'll still be married over. in October? Yeah. yeah. Well, like your book group, 15 years, it's enough. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> What's Just wrong with these sure. teacups? I'm out of here. <laughs> um, so hopefully, hopefully it'll be into a house um, soon. Good. It'd be nice. Be nice just to be able to not have to be driving all the time uh, to go do things. There's not much yeah. for kids to do out here. So we're always driving in to go to the zoo. And that's, you know, it's 25 miles from here to the zoo. I like to go to the zoo. We go to the zoo a couple times a week if we live near it. Mm-hmm. Move in after a while. Scooch over, giraffe. <laughs> Scooch. 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 Keep scooching. Are you sick of the uh, zoo? Have you had enough zoo? No, I love the zoo. Yeah, I knew you always loved the zoo even before you had a child. Yeah, I like the Seattle Zoo better. See, uh, see episode flatter. one of Lunchbox, yeah. which I believe features a photo of you sitting on the knee of an elephant in a, in That's a right, tuxedo. My, uh, You're my wearing the tuxedo. Picture. Yeah, your senior picture. Yeah. I'm just wearing a bow tie like an yeah. asshole. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the book, new book, is uh, will come out sometime next year. Uh, looks looking like early 2017. That's good. Yeah. What are you working on now, John? Nothing. I'm not doing anything. Summertime. Yeah. You made the EP. Uh, yeah. Well, Started it's all EP. it's all recorded. Uh, I got. Yeah. I still have to do my guitar solos and some hand percussion, but everyone else has recorded their stuff, and I just have to. You're gonna shred. It. I have to shred. Yeah. Do some shred. shredding. Lauren did some fantastic shredding on this thing. There's definitely a couple of the songs are very classic rock. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a song of Adams that's kind of a, kind of like a super tramp song, and there's you know the one with the hot lady on the cover, and oh, yeah. uh, there's one of mine that's basically a Leonard Breakfast Skinner in song. America. Breakfast in yeah. America. You used to have a cardboard cutout of that. Of that did you? Uh, did we the promo? The promo to that uh, record in your home. Yeah, was, I think they were throwing it out from Mother Earth or one of the record stores mm-hmm. in Topeka, and I ended up with uh, it's it's the waitress, and then sort of the <clears throat> she's kind of a cardboard cutout, and then the the album is kind of at an angle behind her. Wow. Oh, all right, all right, yeah. clever. Yeah, I had a I had a, like a life size Lone Ranger, life size Tonto. Uh, HR Puffin stuff and the, the <laughs> waitress from the Breakfast in America album. And that was your Black yeah, Sabbath yeah. cover band. Yeah. Those are my friends. <laughs> Those are my friends. They're good friends. What about you, Ed? Are you still tweaking your, uh, po- your forthcoming poetry collection? Or are you writing new things? Oh, are you writing a mysterious long project? I'm working on a novel, yeah. and uh, and working on the working on the poems. Good, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel very far kinda, away from from writing at the moment, and I envy you a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I've, it's the the broken tailbone is 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 not helping because no. I don't like to sit 
for long periods. Maybe this is uh, the, your opportunity to switch to a standing desk. Hmm, I don't know if that would help. Everybody in the stand uh, for long periods either. Everyone so. in the English department office now has yeah. these uh, convertible things. Oh, like, like they can stand when they want to stand. They can pull up the thing that the computer and screen, you know, the keyboard and screen are on. Oh, it doesn't do it automatically. When they stand up, it stands up with that's them. available. No, no, there's a, there's one. There's, they have them where you just do a switch, and there's a little motor that raises them for you. Oh, maybe, maybe so. I actually, Our friend Mark has one that that uh, little switch. Yeah, I don't know if I'd want that. I'd be I don't impatient think he ever uses it. while yeah. it while it ground through its its routine. I think people probably get tired of the standing desk after two months. Start I have, to regret their yeah. choices. Yeah, I don't. I I never I never got one, uh, but at my yeah. office I I sourced the I asked the building custodian and he gave me a um, one of those little mini lecterns that you put on top of uh-huh. a desk. Oh, it's nice. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so I put that on my work table and occasionally I would put my computer over there. Yeah. But then I realized I don't. I'm actually antsy, so I don't sit for long periods of time. I can't. I just can't. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So um, I can only sit for about twenty minutes anyway. So I um. Because I become psychologically, I become agitated. Yeah. Um, so it's not yeah. it's not a pro- as much a problem for me as it maybe is for some people. Are you still doing the photography? Yeah, you know what? I'm you know, very mad rash of photography a few months ago. Yeah, I'm. I'm pulling you through the summer. Pretty gung ho about it. Yeah, it's. Um, I had a wonderful time. I was in New York uh, last week, and uh, brought like film camera and with a 28 millimeter lens and a bunch of black and white film and i shot like three rolls just walking around walking around lower manhattan um and brooklyn and oh not brooklyn queens um i gave a reading in queens and also went to a museum in queens so it was a very queensy uh visit i'd never queens of the stone age museum <laughs> yes <laughs> formerly the no, Carlos museum the noguchi museum oh Who's who has uh, is now um, uh, the sculptor? The sculptor. He's going yeah. to to the sculptor. Isamu Noguchi. Yeah, who I've been taking. I've taken to referring to in my mind as the Gooch. <laughs> but the Noguchi yeah. Museum is. Uh, I got three Gooches. <laughs> I'm a rich man. I got three Gooches. He's Gooch rich. I got a Gooch. Um, I got a Gooch in Boo. I got a Gooch in Rio. <laughs> and a Gooch in Davos. That's my Davos Gooch. Uh, the Noguchi Museum is lovely. The space, you got a on the space is lovely. There's an there's an outdoor space that's currently under uh, renovation, and so it's not so lovely. But I recommend going uh-huh. out to going out to the uh, the Gucci Museum. Did you go to the Did you go to the uh, <clears throat> Louis Armstrong House in Queens? No. Do you recommend that's, I do that's my that? My favorite thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My friend. His house uh, is open for house tours. Yeah, I, to her credit, uh, Laurel, my friend who invited me to come out to the Noguchi Museum, suggested that we go. She she offered me the choice. She said, let's go out to Queens, and we can go to the Noguchi Museum, or we could go to the Louis Armstrong House. And I, oh, I, I went good. with I'm glad that I... Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah. I had the opportunity and turned it down, but um, someday I will, next time. I will go. Yeah, next time. Yeah. Um, They're right next door to each other. They oh, really? Good, good great... <laughs> Great friends. They're the greatest of friends. It's really 
really one of the great stories. I mean, <laughs> Louis Armstrong is often credited with being with his role in modernism, you know. And, uh, you know <laughs> well, actually, global mar- which is true. Sure. Um, and uh, so they're the both two. Two. They are two of the great figures in modernism. Satchmo uh, and the Gooch. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> their. It's like and they toured together. <laughs> Gooch on uh, vibes, <laughs> Satch on trumpet and the Gooch on vibes. I'm just, I'm just picturing this as a sitcom. <laughs> we have an apartment together, you know, and uh, yeah. Louis Armstrong is sort of playing playing uh, the same trumpet riff over and over, and Noguchi is like making a wicker chair. <laughs> yeah, well, because they, they moved to the country. <laughs> <laughs> They decided they'd had enough of the fast-paced Queen's life, and so they moved. They moved to the uh, um, uh, Adirondacks. They're driving each other crazy for out the there. chairs. Yeah, they're sitting in Adirondack chairs in a field, uh, recriminating. Oh yeah, Gooch, yeah. you got me. You got me, Gooch. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right so the other thing the other thing in queens i want to recommend nice sunset gooch (laughs) Mm. are those crows is that an eagle is that a bald eagle gooch the gooch over upon yonder hillside is mm, eagle yeah. look at it We're flying over those cows look gooch there's some cows three cows uh, over there mm. if you're expecting me to jump in in the guise of an uh, elderly <laughs> Japanese man you're shit out of luck <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to do it no, it's, a, it's a dramatic monologue <laughs> So the other thing, there's many things in Queens, I'm told, but the other thing that I did was I participated, not participated, and I visited, listened to the um, Long Island City Reading Series. Yes. Which is um, uh, emceed by uh, Catherine Lasota, who's one of the staffers at Electric Literature. uh, and is a Daughter of Tommy Lasota. Of course, of course. uh, And is a cool lady. And... um, uh, I'm going to do this series in January, but it is in this bar. Let me see if I can find what the bar is called. Why isn't the name of the bar here? Uh, oh, it's the LIC bar, um, which has like a main kind of bar area. And then there's a beer garden that you walk yeah. through and there's an, there's an outbuilding um, which was probably a carriage house or garage at one at one time, but now it has been converted into event an event space. So unlike a lot of readings and bars, it's quiet, and there's a break in the middle so that you can go back to the bar and get drinks, and then you come back for the series. Um, but it's a great space, and Catherine is an extraordinarily uh, funny and charming um, host and MC. So I think this thing's going to be a success. The, there were quite a few people there, considering it's a it's a haul out from Brooklyn. Um, where uh, most most everybody lives. Oh, and here's a photo of me looking at a, looking at the camera Ooh. from the audience. Anyway, uh, I, I recommend this. Uh, the next reading is 
Well, you can look at the Facebook page. But um, Next important one is in January. So Tuesday, September 15th. Yeah, the really important one is in January. Yeah, that's it. Gonna, this is all kind of the gear up. Yeah, Actually, the next one is Akhil Sharma, Justin Taylor, and Sam Lipsight. Quite a lineup. That's all good. Yeah. All good. Yeah. So uh, I recommend it. Good. I know that I know that Satchmo, Satchmo and the Gooch would be there if there were still. Are <laughs> <laughs> uh, you want to wrap this bad boy? Can't build a dream on. I saw a good reading. All right, uh, they went over to the the Tin House uh, has a has a summer literary thing yeah. here in Portland. I went, the, the readings are free. The conference. So I went over right? one evening. That was a conference. Is it a conference? Big writers conference. Yeah, Big, my yeah. friend, my yes. friend Dana yeah. teaches there. I don't know if she did this year, but she often does. Oh yeah, good lineup. I yeah. saw Joy Williams there a few years ago, reading oh. from that that wonderful new book. The the, um, the God, it? the little God yeah. short stories. Oh, Ninety nine gods book. or whatever it is. Yeah, love Great. that book. Yeah, I saw uh, um, Amy Gersler and um, Jenny Ophill. Of- yeah. Jenny Ophill, yeah. Her uh, Department of yeah. Speculation is a fantastic yeah. book. She read. It's fantastic. Oh, good. Good reading. Good reader. Yeah. I haven't read the book yet. I'm, I'm going. It is one of, the, one of the better books about marriage I have read. It's brutal yeah. really, and really good. Really good. Good. That's good. And I did finish my – I went down to California, mm-hmm. did my Idlewild writer's thing. Yeah. And uh, it was fantastic. Fantastic week. Wonderful. Um, particularly pleasured, I was particularly pleasured by David Ulan. <laughs> uh, do tell. <laughs> it's a, uh, he was a, 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 a writer, good writer, and yeah. also the book editor for the LA Times. And yeah, he was up as a special guest and gave a reading and a talk. And I've, I've liked the things I've read, you know, reviews in the LA Times. I haven't read his book before. Um, and he read from some of the fiction. He's, you know, I, Got a Guggenheim. I mean, he's recognized. Um, and uh, a big fan. Great intelligence. Nice fella. Had a, gave a good good talk, good reading of some things at work. He's doing like an essay a day. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, really interesting work going on there. Got to pay attention to. Yeah, and then, I've and then heard I good this, things about it. Then we had this guy, uh, Luis J. Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. He was up on a poetry faculty. He's the poet laureate of Los Angeles. Um, he's a good poet in the, the populist mode, <clears throat> but also a, an essayist and fiction writer, and uh, and also delightful, worth investigating. He had like a, a big book in '93 about having been like a homeless teenager, then joining a gang, wow, and then stabbing somebody with a screwdriver during some jail time, and then finding books. Always being into books, but then sort of being rescued by books, and has been a bookish guy. He's a grandpa-like guy now. That is um, an narrative. I read that do not years ago, and that's a good. That, that's that's a good little book called Always Running, but uh, um, but a lot of other good short stories. He's been uh, a couple little collections of good short short stories. Um, he's got a nice, distinctive voice. Uh, and all of his work, I really recommend. Great. I actually have not read him. that book, but I am looking for. Um, I'm 
actively looking at the moment for personal narratives um, to include on the syllabus of my Cornell True Stories freshman seminar. So maybe I should grab that and uh, and I think, maybe yeah, take a bit. You'd from like it. it. He also ran for governor last year. Did he? Uh, and got 66,000 votes, which uh, in my introduction I pointed out in California meant that he only got 0.5% of the vote. But in Kansas, that would make him governor for life. <laughs> so he should maybe pick the wrong state to, to run in. But uh, all right. All right. All right, Ed. There, there. Are you hungry for lunch? Then let's have lunch Do you want some lunch? Well then we'll give you some lunch Do you have a hankering for lunch? Well then come to lunch Cause it's time for lunch Box with Ed and John That's right It's time for lunch Box with Ed and 